podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Hello, welcome to Jersey Hour. My name is Meads and I'll be your host for this one. I'm joined by two distinguished Jays, Jerry and Jermaine. What are you saying? How are you both doing? Yeah, good. Good to be back uh, on the on the heels of a victory for once. <laughs> exactly. And Jay, you sound, you sound a bit exhausted before we start recording. How are you, you feeling? I am, I am, man. Exhausted with life generally. And then Chelsea just, they pile it on, bro. Like, it's it's too much, man. <laughs> just drained. <Brother. laughs> Emotionally drained. You. Physically drained. It's just crazy. Bro, I promise you, life is tough enough as it is. But the way Chelsea have been crushing my spirit of late, I swear <laughs> to God, I've been to pack it in. And my missus will be happy because she gets a bit more time with me. Because this is this Chelsea love affair, it, 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 it's starting to weigh on me quite heavily. I'm starting to do yoga to like de stress because bro, bro. the way things are just happening right now at Chelsea, it's stress inducing. I really this silly club, man. This silly club's got me joining expensive gyms, bro. This is this is what uh, this club <laughs> did, bro. Super ridiculous. <laughs> Know, what, was the, what, what was the um, the method again? What was the method the again? Gym box sorry? method, bro. The gym, gym box, box method, method is working. It's working. I'm the stronger. I'm, I'm the strongest I've ever been. But Chelsea <laughs> are sad. just crashing it on me every week, bro. Bro, pay, pain it's in the protein shake. Bro. bro, this is nah, like a, <laughs> Chelsea gonna look having look me like having me look like a double tryaway, bro. Dumb with me. Bro, listen. I guess I probably let's let's start with the pain because I feel like Chelsea. What we what encapsulates us is sometimes good, sometimes very shit. And I feel like Chelsea more times than not this season and the last couple of seasons now have been pretty shit. Um, and nothing encapsulates that more than the Wolves game. Um, you go into that game looking at our record against Wolves at home. They've not won there since the seventies. I'm thinking, yeah, right, this might be a little a little calm one, you know. They're, they're not in amazing form, they're in decent enough form, but you're thinking, yeah, this is Chelsea, it's Wolves at home, nah, I back it. And then, ugh, mate, we got rascal It's just, I don't even know what to say. Like, we got finished. Um, but in terms of the team, uh, boy, let, let's go through it. Jay, when you saw the lineup, how are you feeling? going into the game because you know Pochettino setups are very very strange mm. yeah no nah, I, I I definitely agree with that and I think that's that's something I think 
probably most fans have agreed on this this season is that with his selections, obviously at times there's been injuries, so you you've understood why certain men are playing or whatever. But at the same time, it's just even when you look at sometimes the roles and what they're doing on the pitch, it's it's, it's a bit odd in general. So to be honest, with the back line, um, I, I I've just felt like. With Chilwell, I've never really seen him as like a, a like a. I don't see him the same as Reese in terms of like obviously that one v one defending. He's going to lock down yeah. a winger or whatever. So when I see guys like him at the back, I just take them for what they are, and I think to myself, you know what? If he can grab a goal or something, I'm happy. If he can get forward, I'm happy. But in terms of when I see when I see Neto versus him, I I, I was the first to say. I think I said to a few of my boys, I said, listen, this back line at the moment, yeah, lacks athleticism. It lacks pace. Yeah. If Cunha and and Dan has told me about Cunha from time ago, so I've been watching Cunha from like Germ like Germany days when he was yeah. in Germany balling. The, these two brothers, they had all the attributes to trouble us in that Bro, game, and wow. that's exactly what they did. And yeah, just looking at the team in general, you, I think you know what that's crazy. what I was worried about. Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, now nah, just looking at the team in general, that's what I was probably mostly worried about. Um, apart from that, things like Nkunku coming into the team, you were just hoping that obviously he would, um, you know, he would add to to some of the quality that he's shown us already. Um, but yeah, we all we all saw how the game turned out, and once again, the Enzo and Caicedo kind of conundrum at the moment. It's like you get one good game from them, and then like where where it looks like Poch knows what he's doing with them, and then three four games where it's like, what the hell are these men doing? It's like it's 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 mad. It's mad. It's mad. It's mad. It's mad. But, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, when, when we talk about the back line, like, obviously, we had Chilwell at left back, Thiago Silva at left centre back, De Sassi right centre back, and Augusto at full back, at right back. You're thinking, okay, well, you know what? That, that That's all right. I mean, for me, personally, the way that our fans talk about Ben Chilwell definitely gives a feeling of overstated sense of importance. Um, now, I understand that Levi Cowell hasn't been a great left-back for us, considering he isn't a left-back and he, he's quite unna- it's quite unnatural for him to play there. Um, but Chilwell, for me, his, people say he's fast and super athletic, and I, I, I don't agree. I don't think he's fast. I think he's able to get up and down the pitch, but I wouldn't say he's pretty quick. And I think any player that comes up against him 1v1, a turn of foot gives him... Big problems. Um, so I was very nervous when I saw Neto come up against him. Um, very, very nervous. And it, it for me personally, I always knew that, especially with Chilwell and Thiago Silva on the same side, I was very, very concerned. Um, and that almost was pretty much our un- undoing for most of the goals. Um, it was really, really horrible. Malagusto also had a, a really poor game, but I wouldn't have expected that from him because I think he's been pretty good. Um in the Reese James understudy situation. But yeah, as you said, it just seemed like out wide we're just getting taken apart and the midfield area just it just wasn't cutting it really. Um Jerry, we've talked about the midfield composition million a million million times under Pochettino. Once again Caicedo in midfield by himself for some strange reason, considering Enzo is a first phase, second phase fantastic footballer. I just the, the structure and setup is actually beyond sensible to me. Um, but talk to me. How did you see the first couple of minutes? Obviously, Caicedo got that fantastic assist for Cole Palmer's goal, but 
besides that, structurally, are, are these concerns just going to persist? Or, or what, what, what is happening with Hodge? Um, so, yeah, we, we've spoken about this uh, midfield structure um, almost every week at this point because, um, funnily enough, it was one of the things that was working uh, at the start of the season. The first couple of games, we looked solid in the field. We were a match for Liverpool. Um, and I think as uh, the season's progressed, I think Poch is trying to find solutions to other problems and he's compromising that midfield balance. I mean, there, there, there's a reason why he's doing that. I wish someone would ask him why. Um, but there, there's a reason why he, he, he wants Enzo further forward. I think uh, a couple of pods ago, I spoke about how uh, in the Middlesbrough game, he looked better actually coming from deeper, um, joining the attack um, a little bit later on in the move. Um, I think when you when you have a player like Enzo, who isn't the fastest, um, uh, he, he's better sort of a bit further back where you can see a, a lot more of the game, um, not sort of uh, receiving the ball, playing with back to goal, um, making runs in behind the defence. It's not it's not really his game. Um, and you know, I think. W- it makes sense to try and get more numbers in the box. Um, and I, I think logic tells me that's what Poch is trying to do, but I think it just hasn't worked. Um, we really struggled against against Wolves to... We, we, seem, we seem very toothless. Um, and, you know, obviously we had that good start <clears throat> where with Caicedo... Um, putting Palmer through, that was a nice goal, but you, you didn't even have time to enjoy that and Wolves are already back in the game. Um, and I think in as much as we are trying to play out from the back, um, it does seem that th- th- we do leave ourselves vulnerable to just being outnumbered in the midfield, simply. Um, it's, it's almost a recipe for, for disaster. We're outnumbered in the midfield, um, we have a Chilwell that is recovering from uh, injury uh, and aging Thiago Silva, and our defence have split uh, split wide to facilitate playing off from the back. So, if Caicedo is surrounded by three or four people and he gets pinched, it's just not going to end well. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, it's not just Enzo who's far up the field. Um, it's also Gallagher. So, he, yeah, Caicedo is literally in there by himself. Um, and that's sort of, that's, that's you know, out, out, uh, in possession when we lose the ball. Uh, sorry, uh, when, we're, when we're in possession trying to build, trying to work the ball forward, there is a far few, there are far fewer passing angles, uh, which makes Caicedo's job so much more difficult. And, you know, we all saw that video of you at Tielemans in preseason in the Premier League. You don't have a lot of time. And sometimes uh, you're, you're going to lose the ball. So I think whatever problems Poch is trying to solve uh, with, with that tactical structure, um, I think it's having more of a negative effect than a positive. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like in, in terms of the structure in itself, I think 
he I always say this about managers and, and a good manager for me is a manager that puts his team in the best position to win. And I think Pochettino personally, from what I've seen throughout the season, is that he, he doesn't do that. And that for me shows me that he is pretty substandard and subpar at that level. I think if you look at, even if you don't necessarily agree with, you know, where players are played or um, or, or the effectiveness of, of a certain player in certain games, I mean, certain times it'll be situational. But if your default is to very often play players in positions where they are very uncomfortable, I mean... Like extremely uncomfortable from a chill white left wing, from a cold white left back, um, from a bad issue at left back, um, for the sassy at right back at times, and trying to be that bombing right back um, rather than just a defensive one. Um, from it, it, it's, it's just, and you've got Enzo Fernandez playing as number 10, you've got Conor Gallagher playing as a number 10, when you actually have number 10s in your squad. Um, it, 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 it just really does sometimes blow your mind that he sets us up in, in a way that kind of isn't conducive of a good, balanced base. Um, because earlier in the season, oddly enough, I agree with you, Jerry. I think there was a, a semblance of balance. I think there was um, Enzo playing deeper, facilitating play, getting behind the ball, building from a deeper position, enabling us to dominate the ball and dominate our opponents. Because like you said, in the City game, in the Tottenham game, in the Arsenal game, we had an air of dominance. And why? Because the midfield pairing were quite close to one another. And then Conor Gallagher was able to be that roaming box-to-box destroyer um, and not situated as a number 10 in between the lines. Um, but it just seems like now it's more of a 4-3-3. Caicedo's at the, the singular pivot and the two eights in Enzo and Gallagher are super high up the pitch, like super high up the pitch. And like you said, Caicedo has minimal passing options, minimal passing lanes, minimal passing angles. And ultimately, that and that causes an issue for him to, um, to get um, dispossessed. And it happens quite often. Um, and obviously, you could say, yeah, Caicedo could be a bit faster with his action, the faster with his passing. But... If you have a degree of automation, and we talked about this, Jay, um, a number of times, if there's a degree and semblance of automation and how to build up play, you're going to feel a lot more comfortable receiving it in a bit more tighter and more under duress because you'll know how to get out of it. But when you've got miles and miles of spaces between you and your midfield partners, you're going to panic. And it's going to be very, very peak when you're getting pressed to death by three or four men, which is what happened um, in the goal against um, against Wolves. And it, it's just a bit maddening. Um, what what do you think? What do you think Poch is trying to do with that midfield, Jay? Because I I really am struggling, honestly. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I just I can't see it. Yeah, no, no, I I, I hear that as well. Like I, to be honest, when you watch it, like as many times as we have as fans. When you watch it so many times, it's hard to obviously um, make a case for, oh, you know, this is what he's trying to do. And, you know, you just got to let it kind of play out. But um, so I hear like all of what what was said about the midfield. The only thing I would say is that I think I have watched games as well this season where I've also seen Enzo kind of played in a different way 
and 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 then I asked the question. I'm like, how come today you're playing like this, but then next week I'm gonna watch you and you're up there, like trying to play false nine or number ten? Because there's some games I remember. I think it was Fulham when we won that game. I think we played quite well that game. Won that game game quite comfortably. And he's he's dropping deep. He's he's closer to 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 the midfielders. He's getting the ball. He's building up play. And then his runs are a little bit better timed in terms of he's kind of just strolling into the in, into the the final third rather than you know sprinting and trying to make sure he's up, he's up, he's up there and you know receiving it back to goal kind of thing. And and that's my, I think my question to Poch would be like what, why is that inconsist inconsistency there because. There's there's games where you seem to understand what is needed, but then there's but then maybe a week or two weeks later, you've gone you've gone back to to whatever it is you're trying to do. And I know they spoke about this thing with Enzo and the freedom that that he that he wants in in the midfield. The only other thing I could I could say, and I, and obviously I don't know, like nobody knows, which is why Jerry's saying like you know need someone needs to ask Pot because we need to know what it is he's trying to do. But like I do think sometimes when a coach and a player are maybe trying to execute something, there is that thing of all right, cool, this is what the manager wants me to do. I'm gonna try and obviously do that in in the games the best way I can. But if it's something new for that player. I do think it's not odd to see the inconsistency. But the only thing I would say is, because like, we'll speak about the other game later, but there's moves that he done in the other game where we've seen it in the past and it hasn't worked. But then, you know, people are like, oh, you know, Enzo, he's playing deeper this 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 game, like, and we win the game or whatever. But if you watch the game, Enzo's still getting forward. He's still joining attacks. So like, it's like, like there's not, there's not like, a lot of things changing in terms of his his play in the midfield. It's just tiny little tweaks, or maybe on the day he might have executed what he needed to do a little bit better. But I do think also Poch is definitely giving different instructions for different games. And there's games where he's just completely killing Caicedo and he's completely killing Enzo. So that that is a thing. I, I do think that starts with Poch in terms of if you know that he's not doing certain things well and you know that the back-to-goal thing isn't really benefiting the team. You've just got to kind of scrap that completely and say, listen, Enzo, I know you want freedom, but this is as far as you're going to go. Like, yeah. in terms of for the benefit of the team at the moment, you're young, we can work, we got time to work on that. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to rush into that. We can work on what your strengths are now and add to it later. Maybe he's Maybe he's trying to run before he can walk kind of thing. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, maybe... Yeah. Maybe they're both doing that. Maybe Enzo feels like he can get more goals and he's trying to, you know, be that guy. And maybe Poch is, is also like, oh, you know what? Yeah, let's let's get you up there. But you don't need to rush these things. Do you know what I mean? Not at this stage of the team anyway. So what, where I'm a little bit miffed is if, if for example, like, okay, so it's a bit of both, right? So if Enzo, for example, is going rogue, yeah, and he's making these runs into the box to support the striker, and that's not exactly what you want him to do. No. Yeah. This is no. something that he's just he's just doing. Then that's an issue. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if he's doing it under instructions, that is also an issue because those instructions don't seem to be looking good. Yeah. Um, then if, for example, the Enzo's just doing it because he thinks, yeah, this is best for the team, and I'm just going to do it anyway. 
then you're again failing as a coach because yeah, whilst the players should have relative autonomy if it's an at the detriment to the team you as coach say nah fuck that don't do that don't do that yeah, yeah. and there should be repercussions if this individual player is going against what you want and your structure and is causing a deficiency in the team if that's the case then i'm sorry you as a coach need to rein it in you need to rein him in because that, agree, that yeah. shouldn't be the case that should never be the case and so it, regardless of whether it's Enzo doing it through his own accord or if it's um, Poch's instruction, Poch it's a failure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a failure regardless. And it, yeah, for me, I can't look any further than Poch. I, I think you I have, have to, I think you nothing. also have to, I think you also have to, to get onto Poch about the midfield thing as well because the even if you wanted Enzo to do that, right, you've got another player on the pitch that is more than willing to cover that space. He's more than willing to listen to instructions. We know if there's one player on that pitch that is going to listen to exactly what you tell him to do, it's Conor Gallagher. Do you know what I mean? Like people, people might not like him. He might not be your cup of tea, but I can almost guarantee that he's probably one of the, he's one of the players that probably receives instructions quite well and executes them majority of the time quite well. Do you get what I'm saying? Forget about the things that he can't do naturally in terms of like, you know, he's not going to play the through balls Palmer plays and he's not going to, you know, he's not going to do all of that creative and cute stuff, but he is going to, he is going to do as as much as we got onto players like Mount and that it's kind of similar where they will receive instructions quite well. They will carry them out quite well. Do you know what I mean? They will be reliable of somewhat, do you know what I mean? And, and, and Connor is that guy. So Poch can also even say to him, like, listen, if this is what we're going to do, maybe you two need to, like, you know, take it in turns kind of thing, but just always make sure that there's some sort of support there for Kaiseido. Yeah. Because because at the moment, it's just, it's not like we ain't got players to help him in there. Do you know what I mean? We have. So even with the injuries, do you get what I'm saying? We've still got players that can play in there and, and support Kaiseido. So there's absolutely no excuse why he should be surrounded by four players, four Wolves players. And and we'll speak on that pass from Chua, by the way, because that's just it's just, it's, it's insane it's insanely criminal it's it's insanely criminal like man are telling me that 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 pass here should be going into Caicedo I'm sorry that's clip line every single day of the week you do you do not you do not let's go over the goals let's go over the goals right so cool so so the 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 way he gets pinched yeah I, I was saying in the game I said that's that that's a, that's a pass that is slack. And pre-game, I said one of the biggest issues that I have with Chilwell and similarly to Alonso, they don't take care when passing to their teammates. They don't take care when giving the ball to a teammate thinking, you know what, what? they're all right here. They're calm with it. They're comfortable here. Cool, let me pass it to them. Or technically, there's a, it's a sloppiness with the passing. That's why Chilwell doesn't really complete that many passes in the game because He's very sloppy and slack with it. So that pass, I wouldn't say was a sloppy one. But that pass into Caicedo, when you've got... You see three men on him. You see he's got no other midfielders next to him. Enzo's all the way up there. Gallagher's all the way up there. And they formed a box around him. You're killing him, man. You're killing him. Like, like I'm not saying that Caicedo couldn't have done better. He absolutely could have. But you're killing him, man. Like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> that you clip that you clip that down the line if you don't know what to do clip it if you do not know what you have what to do you clip it instead you pass it infield into Kaiseido where there's hella man on him they sick it on him loses the ball boom 1-1 after Chelsea were looking pretty decent especially in the in the fir- the final third they were you know they were, they were looking that they'll be getting in a couple times um so that just killed our momentum. Um, Chelsea just didn't look the same again after that. I think the midfield issue was prevalent in the first 10, 15 minutes initially anyway. But, you know, when when you're winning or you're getting a goal, it could kind of settle the nerves and maybe you kind of settle into a pattern um, where you're a little bit more comfortable. But ultimately, yeah, once that second goal, once that first goal went in, it just looked like, we, we were just going to be in trouble most of the game, man. And um, again, those balls over the top on the left-hand side, Thiago Silva just couldn't really cover the ground. Chilwell couldn't cover the ground. And yeah, man, we just we just looked an absolute mess. An absolute mess. I think it was Cunha that got the second goal. And by then, we just, we just must look like a complete state. We looked like we did not know what to do. We did not know how to get in, just back into the game. It just like our heads were completely gone. Um, again, Pedro Neto, fantastic down the, the right hand side. Chilwell and Thiago Silva couldn't live with him. Um, and oh, mate, it, just, it was just bad, man. Bad, 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 bad play. And, I think also we we kind of saw Nkunku struggle to get into the game. Um, yeah, he was a post. So maybe that that role sort of playing up up front by himself is this, is this confirmation that that that'd be difficult in the Premier League. Um, obviously, we haven't really seen much of him. We haven't. I don't know if we've seen enough. Um, but you're, Jerry, you're right. Sorry to cut you, bro. Sorry to cut you, but you're right because even in Germany, in a, a far less physical league, he never played up top by himself either. Now, Nkunku was a second striker, support striker, number ten. He could operate off the left or right at times too. But he never played as a nine solo dolo. Never. That was not his game or role. So the fact that Poch is doing that at times is maddening to me because I'm like, Nkunku ain't even involved in the game. He barely got a kick, which is mad for a player of his quality. But yeah, I'll let you continue. Sorry, bro. Yeah, so it's just obviously we we have to wait and see. And, and Jackson is back, to be fair. So... Um, we know about the link up between them two, so we might not have to see uh, much. But it, I was just—it was just another, another sort of negative to pick out from that game. Uh, how much he struggled uh, to get into the game. I think we did have a, a few chances. Cole Palmer sort of created um, that chance—the uh, ball in behind to I think it was Chilwell laid it off to Sterling, um, and and he shot wide. I think we it, this looks a bit more like the Chelsea we've seen over the the, the course of the season. Uh, I think that was our tenth defeat in the Premier League, which is just insane. Uh, I, I can't believe this is us. <laughs> uh, ten defeats in the Premier League period is is crazy, but we're ten defeats in February. Um, but yeah, we we. I think there's there's a few players in that game who you can tell that you know 
even the more the most staunch of their defenders are starting to lose patience um uh with with those players and and it seems like Poch is also you know i think he's slowly sort of realizing what works and what doesn't um and and obviously there'll be more on that going into the 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 villa game but yeah i i think he, as, as what was more interesting than the game was press conference afterwards um which i just I, this guy was <laughs> poch is insane uh I, I i saw a quote from him um in july right uh and he said uh, i don't want to make excuses to the players and say first of all we need time to rebuild we need time uh to work we need we need we need no excuses, uh, and we start to work hard. That was in July. Now he's saying, now he's talking about uh, oh Liverpool lost and 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 no one reacted to, to to Liverpool. And now he's talking about oh Chelsea is different to who we were in the past. Um, I think. He's. I think he's cooked. I think the pressure is starting to get to Whoa. him, and and, and and he he doesn't he doesn't he didn't know which way to turn because uh, what he when, was I, when I when I read those quotes, yeah, did you, uh, the way my head was like, I was, I was floating because I just could not believe that man had the nerve to talk about Liverpool. Liverpool are top of the table, bro. Like, how dare you? Like, what are you talking about? And like you said, rightfully, Jerry, in the summer, he said there are no excuses. This is Chelsea. Chelsea, you, at Chelsea, you are expected to win. And I don't want to come here not to win. I'm here to win. This is what man was on. So the fact that he's trying to talk about, oh, this is not the same Chelsea before. Broski, you weren't here before. It's up to you to maintain that level. You are the coach. You're not this helpless little bum. You're the coach. You have the capacity to change it. You have the capacity to fix it. Scary times, man. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny? The thing is that we're dealing with an experienced uh, team here. Um, the, the the players are young and they're, they're learning, but Pochettino is not. This is his, what, fifth job in management? Spurs, Southampton, PSG, and fourth job in management. Um, he's been around the block enough times. And I think in as much as, yeah, you're, you're dealing with young players and an experienced team, that doesn't mean you should be 11th. <laughs> um, and I think I've not heard him talk about um, him getting the tactics wrong. I've not heard him talk about um, where we struggled and why we struggled. Bro. It's all about it's all about youth and experience and uh, performing. And how about some coaching, brother? Like, bro, it's so disgusting. Like I, Jay, I, I, I want to bring you in. I want to bring you in because, bro, it's so disgusting. I, we've had coaches yeah in the past where, like a, a Maurizio Sari, yeah, like, like an Antonio Conte. Yeah. Like, like Thomas Tuchel, 
who have said tactically it just wasn't got right. It wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It just tactically it wasn't right. Or the players didn't really apply themselves into the into the structure or the, into the, the philosophy that we're trying or to play did. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or they no, did, no, no. or they did. Like there, there's there's usually a, a descriptor, a usually a real football analysis of the game and the assessment of the game. And with Poch, we don't get any of that. With Poch, we don't get any of that. Even under Potter, there were some elements where he would explain tactically. Um, sometimes it'd be waffle, but yeah, he'd at least speak about the tactics and not talk about, oh, I think we're a bit nervous. Oh, I, I, I think there's a bit of inexperience. Broski, how about you assess, look back and assess the game and think, you know what, tactically you might have got it wrong. Tuchel many a time would say, you know what, I think we got the approach wrong um, and that made the game a bit more difficult and we weren't able to adjust to the pace of the game with the, the approach that we took. Cool. Yeah. I'm, if I'm hearing that as a fan, as a football man, I'm like, all right, bro. I am not going to get pissed off. It's an L. But you at least have owned the L and say, you know what? I ain't blaming the players. I, th- I just got I th- this wrong technically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that's probably been, like, I've obviously I've been one of the more um, supportive ones with Poch in it. But at the same time, when I watch his. When I do watch his press conferences, like especially after the games, like if it's a loss or a draw or whatever it is, um, that is the one thing I've been looking for though, because because we 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 don't need you to really tell us that the squad is inexperienced and the squad is young. We we know that most Chelsea fans have been talking about the way we've built this squad and how much lack of experience the players have. We we've all been speaking about it. So we those points that you're making in the press conference, we don't need to really be told that because we know that. Do you get what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of the fans know that already, but um, what we want to know is like, why did you why did you do this, or what was the plan in this game? What did you plan to do to Wolves in this game? And and you know, like, is it a thing where it just didn't work out? Do you get what I'm saying? Because if, like you said, like like you just said, like if you if you come out and you actually say, well. We, we planned to try and, you know, hurt them out wide and we tried to plan to do this and it just, we couldn't end up getting the ball to the wingers quick enough or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Then at least you can be like, all right, you know what, that was his plan and, you know, we, we just didn't execute well enough or we just didn't, or the plan was just a crap one, do you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 at least we can we can actually acknowledge the fact that that's what happened in the game. But right now we're leaving games and we don't really know why certain things are happening and it goes back to even what we were talking about in the midfield for example like we're talking about this week for example losing 4-2 to Wolves and then we're going to go on to a game later on um, which is obviously a win and it's like there's stark differences in both games like massive massive differences bro like why is that happening why is it that we're going why is it that we're at home to a Liverpool and can pretty much outplay them for the majority of the game but go to Anfield and get blamed in the manner that we did we can get blamed no, by by, no, no, by no. Liverpool anybody can get blamed by Liverpool but to but get blamed manner. in that manner is 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 yeah. what the issue is and yeah. and there has to be an explanation for that because yeah, and I know see, you see Jay just sorry to cut you off bro, but no, no, see, go on, go on. this is why this is why we are Chesie hour this is why we are touchline 
yeah, the way we assess a game is like I okay, the way that we could talk about the game and assess it and say, okay, you know what, the midfield just didn't look quite right. Even in our wins, we talk about the spaces and the gaps between our midfields. We're not quite happy about it. Yeah. So when I get a coach not really offering that level of insight and then start talking about motivation, wanted it more, they didn't want it enough, um, very inexperienced, so that's what played a part in our defeat. It 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 doesn't really move me. It it confuses me more than anything. Cause I'm like, well, how are you not seeing what I'm seeing? Like, how are you not seeing what many people are seeing? Like, because it, it's just it's showing a real that's where the concerns kick in. Cause it's like, okay, bro, are you are you actually not seeing it? Or do you just not want to talk about it? Because if that's the latter, fine. But just don't expect me to feel comfortable or the fans to feel comfortable with your excuses as to why we lose. Um, because, yeah, like, like you said, we are very aware that our players are young and inexperienced. And yes, in certain instances, in certain aspects, there's going to be a, a lack of maturity in the way you handle games. However, however, we need to note and reference that whilst that all may be true, the setup and the way you are putting your team out to play isn't conducive of goodness and isn't conducive of the players getting out their best selves, really and truthfully, despite some of them being able to play in a deficient system and still show that they, they, they've got quality, you're not doing it and making them show their best selves consistently. And that is where you as a manager are fading. So then when you are excusing that, or not even excusing it, not really giving clarity as to why, you know, something's not quite working, then it just makes me just look at you like you're mad, really. And I feel too many times this season, I look at Poch thinking, you're actually mad. What are you actually trying to do? And I'm not saying that I'm a better coach than Poch. I'm not saying no, no. that I'm, uh, you know, I can get this, this Chelsea lot playing. No, I'm not saying that whatsoever. I don't have the credentials. But what I can say is... I can at least critically analyse a game or critically analyse, you know, what I think is the, uh, an issue in, in a football match. And for me, Poch, those excuses about being immature is just not good enough because for me personally, I look at these players and I think, this is a group, good bunch of players. This, this, this squad is nowhere near the 11th best squad in the league. Nowhere near. There's so many people that talk about our oh, Chelsea squad's rubbish. It's the worst group of players that we've ever seen at Chelsea. I think, what are you, man, watching? Like, how old are you lot? Because I remember Dalabona like he was yesterday, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? I remember Mark Steen like it was yesterday, my guy. Like, what are you actually saying? Like, this is a good group. This is a good group of players that got quality, but they need an actual coach that is going to really shape the team and get them playing. And I don't know. I'm very unconvinced that Poch is that guy. Um, yeah, Because tactically, <clears throat> it's, it's just been a complete mess for most of the games. Um, it, it's just insane. Just like even against Wolves, they had 14 shots at the bridge. 14 shots at the bridge. What the which was odd, which was odd as well for our recent record at the bridge as well, and I think that's also a massive worry because when you're on when you when you're in a turn of form at home, that's the last thing that should be happening. Do you know what I mean? Like that is the last thing that should be happening. But you know what? I, 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 we do say this, but 
Not really, because I've said this before and I've said this many a times. One of the biggest issues I have with Pochettino and Graham Potter at the time mm. is the football is not domineering, it's not dominant, and it's not imposing. Yeah, there's far too many times in our matches under Pochettino and under Graham Potter where it's you touch, we touch. You get the ball and attack our goal, we'll get the ball and attack your goal. Far too often. Far, far too often. There's very, very for me, there's a very little degree of, of like this un, unwavering level of, yeah, we are crushing these men to death. Like, it's yeah. very, very far I, 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 I do think that Poch's style, and I've, I've been thinking about this for a while, and uh, it goes back to like, I think when Jerry was on, on a pod before and he was talking about the way in which we create chances. And I've been looking at it for quite a while since then and, and even thinking back to his Spurs team as well and how they used to create chances a lot. And I don't want to use Spurs too much because they ended up having a player who could literally create out of nothing. And then they had um, they had Christian Eriksen who was probably having the best best period of his career, I think, at Spurs. So in terms of creating creating chances and stuff like that, you'd get the odd creation from 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 Ericsson and then obviously you'd have Harry Kane who was just doing absolute madness but um in terms of generally how his teams create I do think it is a little bit of not so much you touch I touch kind of thing like in terms of <laughs> like you you kind of have a go and then we'll have a go but I think the, the the way in which he gets his team to try and rattle the other team it's all about energy intensity and your positioning sometimes in terms of the way you do things it can see you leave big, big spaces at certain times of the game, right? Like in certain scenarios. So I think when he wants players to really, you know, like obviously we hold that stat for, I'm not sure if we're still leading it, but we're definitely high up there in terms of like how much we win it in the final third. What people don't probably talk about a lot a lot of the time is that if those things go wrong, because there are loads of times where we try to do that and it goes wrong, when those, when those things go wrong, I can even point you to an example against Luton, Gallagher and Caicedo. They run straight in there to try and nick it off. I think that uh, that Morrison guy, the striker yep. they got. Yep, and yep, he yep, turns yep. them, he turns them, and there is a massive gap in the they midfield. They straight away. Yes, and then they're into you straight away. And and this is a, this is the problem with that style of play. The, 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 the level of, not even consistency, but like your judgment, has to be so on point and your athleticism i even think that your recovery and your athleticism in the team has to be at such a peak level that if you're going to play that way you need to be able to you know foot races and all these kind of things like these 1v1 Mm. foot races and that you gotta have you've gotta have that because and and this is where for me i think poch is also failing in terms of i know you want to play this style but do you do you actually can you actually play exactly how you want to play right now with some of the guys that you've got available? Because don't get me wrong, if if we had somebody like a Wes Fofana at the back, I wouldn't really be worried about the ball going over the top like that. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be worried about that. I wouldn't be worried about it if it was Reese James and then maybe we could afford to play somebody like Augusto on the left or something. That's more recovery and that. Do you get what I'm saying? It's more pace. It's more athleticism. But at the moment, you don't necessarily have that in all the areas. So when you're mm. trying to do that, when you're trying to do that, there's going to be a load of scenarios where Chelsea might try to pinch the ball 
we don't we, we, we don't pinch it. We've seen how late Caicedo can be on challenges sometimes. Gets turned, yeah. Gallagher's out of position, Enzo's out of position. Um you've got Chill not Chillwell, but you've got Colwell who he probably hasn't bombed all the way forward or whatever, but now he's probably just a bit too passive. He's not he's not really engaging with the defenders. The gaps just the gaps are just everywhere. And yeah. and we've seen that. See we've seen that this whole season. We've seen that this whole season. So I do think what you're saying in terms of like the way we play and the way we try to dominate teams in terms of Poch, Poch clearly isn't a coach that can do that. And I'm not going to say he is because I, I even saw that style at Spurs as well. It was a lot of intensity, energy, let's press them, let's bully them, let's try and get the ball off of them. And then when, when we get it in a dangerous area, let's punish them. And the only difference yeah. between then and now is that he had two killers up top where if you did lose the ball against a Harry Kane and at the time even a Deli Ali and a and a Son, they would just absolutely annihilate you in the final third. Do you know what I mean? You would you 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 almost knew it would be a goal. But with us at the moment it's and with us, you know what, to be fair to the attackers, yeah, because I know I've said, oh, you know, we can do better with the scoring and that. But even with us, we've actually done quite well with the scoring when we Yeah, when goals haven't been too much positions. of an issue. Yeah. yeah. So but defensively, like you're saying, it's, it's, you know, if you're not dominating like that and you're not penning these teams in and you're not in control of the situation all the time, it is going to be a bit of a worry, like, or not even a bit of a worry. It's a big worry at the moment, do you know what I mean? Because we're conceding way too easily. Yeah, facts. And it, it is just like, I, I do look at it and I think, okay, cool. The way that a, a 4 2 3 1, and I've said this before and not many people agree with me, but I feel like a 4-2-3-1 isn't really, in my opinion, the most offensive formation. And I, I say that because you're only going to really ever have four men attacking the box. Whereas if you play a 3-4-3, I think you've got a lot more avenues to, to be um, offensive. You've got that extra man that could potentially be um, a, a scorer or someone that occupies the box a la Alonso, a la Chilwell when he was playing as the left wing back and Reese James. Um, those additional players make a massive difference in terms of destabilising a defence and destabilising a team. Um, I think the four-two-three-one also presents issues in terms of the spaces and the gaps because in a 3-4-3 three, three, there's a semblance of balance because you could play well, you can attack with five and defend with five. So those five, um, three centre-backs, and you've got the two midfielders that are situated and stationed centrally, so they can kind of compact and they can be compact and squeeze up. Do you know what I mean? And then you've got the lateral um, centre-backs that have relative pace and speed that can recover any balls over the top. So there's a, it's just a solid base and a solid structure. And that's why you can understand why teams like a Pep Guardiola, like... Um, a Thomas Tuchel, even like a Klopp, utilise it often in certain games, or for the most part, in their high-level games. Um, because you, you get a, an air of dominance in pretty much most aspects of the pitch. Um, the only issue is when the back three, um, three becomes a back five, and obviously you've got a lot more um, you've got a lot more defending to do, and then you've got bigger gaps between your wing-backs and your wingers, or your, your, your lateral forwards. So I think maybe it might be a structural thing in terms of just the system as well. Um, 
because I don't think a 4 2 3 1 for me is that offensive. People always say, let's play with back four, back four, back four, back four. We're going to score more goals. We're going to be more attacking. I, I don't see it like that. I don't really see the game like that. And I think, if anything, a 4 2 3 1 is a far more defensive formation than a 3 4 3, if that makes any sense. Um, so maybe that is part of it. And I do agree with what you said, Jay, earlier. Maybe Poch is trying to get more bodies in the box. And I get that. Like, you know, you know, go on and bomb bomb on and support the attack. But again, in doing so, if you're becoming an extra fifth man, one thing you do lack is you've got your fullbacks that potentially are supporting that attack too. Not necessarily in the same vein as a 3-4-3, but you've got them up the pitch at least. But then you've all, all you've got is a centre defensive midfielder, and then you've got your two fullbacks. I mean your your two centre backs. That's three men. In the you transition. are slow. You are slow as well. Three, that's three men. <laughs> three men, bro. That's three men rather than five. So if they break on you, you're in big trouble. Big trouble. And the amount of goals that we've conceded this season as a result of breakaways and fast breaks is it's insane. Hard. If you look at Chelsea under Tuchel, yeah, even in our quote-unquote worst um, situations, right? When Chelsea got panned, it was like absolute perfection goals from the opponents. I remember the West Brom at home team where they, they I think they hit four against us or five. Um, and their goals were just just ridiculous. Like everything was just ridiculous. The goals that we got caught with, the finishes were crazy. It's just like, all right, you know, I'll take that slap on the chin. It was bad, but i take the slap on the chin. i take these slaps. You know, they keep us make, pulling off wonder saves. Um, but I take those slaps, you get it. Um, but very rarely did you see our team get caught in transition in those phases. Very rarely. Why? Because the structure, it kind of controls that. You know what I mean? It controls those transitional phases. It controls it. Um, but yeah, 4 2 3 1, I feel like it, it, it leaves a lot of spaces to be exploited. And unless you've got your double pivot that are literally stationed right next to each other and the gaps between them are very, very small, like a Kovacic and Georgino, like they used to do, then you can kind of you can kind of handle things. But that that centre midfielder, that number eight or that number ten that Conor Gallagher plays, he again needs to form a, a, a triangle. He can't be super high up. Otherwise, Again, if you come up against a three-man midfield, you can get overran easy, you know? So, it, I don't know. I've said this before on the pod. I don't really like the three two or 4 2 three, one formation. I, I do think it's a bit obsolete, but it's what Poch is his go-to, isn't it? So, I, I, the gaps don't surprise me um, whatsoever. The gaps don't surprise me whatsoever. It's one of the biggest deficiencies of the 4 2 three, one. Um, But, yeah, I, oh, mate, anyway. But that was that game. We got absolutely clarted. Kunya hat-trick. Baller, I love him. I think he's an amazing footballer. Um, and what a way, what a what a way to do it, isn't it? Just yeah, two one at half time. You think yeah, Chelsea could cross that and back, but nope. It just went from bad to worse. Um, Thiago Silva got a consolation goal, um, but we never really looked like um, scoring. Ultimately, um, another assist from Modric, by the way. Just gonna throw that out there. Um, but yeah, that was a horrible game. Horrible, horrible game. I, I wanted him gone there and then because that was one of the lowest lows that I felt as a Chelsea fan because I felt like, yeah, this ain't getting better, man. 
this ain't getting better at all. This is this is actually getting far worse. And I yeah, I felt lower than I felt under Potter last season, which is insane. Um and then we came up against Villa. And the Villa game was interesting because I expected them to cause us absolute havoc. I saw Bailey on one side. And then I saw who, who was playing on the 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 the, the, the left for them. I, I don't even remember. I, I, I think because they were quiet the whole game. Who was played it, on the left? Didn't the RB start? Was it the RB? No, no, no. The RB come on. No, no. The RB come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was McGinn. So again, tactically, I think maybe Emery was his own worst enemy here and played it a bit safe. Because McGinn playing at left wing, Gusto absolutely clotting. Uh, uh, bro, uh, Gusto, bro, wow. What a footballer. What a footballer, man. What a footballer. But yeah, the team lineup, I was a little bit concerned because he played Nicholas Jackson at left wing, Palmas, false nine. But it looked like a bit, uh, structurally looked a little bit better, I can't lie. Can't lie, Dassi and Badia Shield, the Monaco pairing, restored back there. Managusta at right back, Ben Chilwell at left back, Enzo Caicedo in midfield with Gallagher, Madueke out wide on the right hand side. How are you feeling, Jay? Because you seem very confident, despite the fact we were getting absolutely slapped left, right, and center in the last couple of games. Um, where did that confidence come from? Who's that for? That, was that for me or Jerry? That's you, nah, bro. That, yeah, that must have been for me. Jerry, no, Jerry ain't confident. No, 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 Jerry? Jerry? There was no confidence from Jerry at all, boy. Sheesh. Uh, do you know what? Nah, to be fair, I think with the Liverpool game, I kind of felt, I, I didn't really feel any way about the game. I I, I know I spoke on, on the manner in which we lost, but I kind of just decided to forget about that game anyway because it was Liverpool and like, I don't know, I just, I didn't really care about that game too tough, to be honest with you. I'll be, I'll be real. But in terms of um, the Wolves game, I was confident about, about beating Villa because of the last two performances because I, I watched both games. Um, I watched the first game back um, obviously just shortly after we played them in the league the first time and then apart from the red card I think I think we were pretty good against Villa and then we played against them again at the bridge um how, why did we end up playing them twice am I bugging was a cup game was one a cup game I think one because we played them just now because this is the first time we played Villa right it might have been. I don't, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Yeah, I think it's think. twice. Well, it might have been twice. Just league, you know, we played. We played. Uh, I think we played once, once, right? once in the league and then twice in the cup. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, sorry, sorry, no replay, replay. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was bugging for a second. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. So the first, the first game, obviously the 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 initial um, FA Cup game again at the Bridge. I, f- I think again we were we were the better team, and to be honest, it it could have ended up like how how this game went if if we'd have taken some early chances against them, like they could have ended up getting pammed like, at that game at, at the bridge as well. So like, I, I don't know, man. I just I, I I think Villa have done well this season, but I've watched a few games where they've also just looked very very 
like just average. See what I'm saying? So so I think as well as Emery's doing, obviously you can you can get at Villa and I think we got a better squad than them anyway. So um yeah, I just think I just I just expected like I don't look at Louisa McGinn and them man and think, yeah, you man are gonna steamroll Kaiseido and Enzo. No way, bro. I would never look at I would never look at that midfield and think that. See what I'm saying? So it was for me it was just a thing of if we get this right and we maybe take some chances, we can we can rattle Villa. The only thing I was scared about is their is their away is is our away form and their home form. Because obviously their home form has been a massive thing for them this season. Um, which is what made the win even more impressive, really. I think after getting slapped by by Liverpool away in your last away game the way you did, and that kind of just cemented the whole thing of ah, oh, anytime Chelsea go away from home, they're just gonna get slapped. And I've, I I remember the commentator even said something cheeky, like, we must have went one nil up or something, and my man said, Oh, this wasn't in the script. I said, what, what hey, what's going on with my club, man? What's going on? What's going on here? What's going on here? Because you can't be saying that, though. Like, listen, when comments like that happen, I swear my head goes on space. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Is this what these men have done to the club? Talking about... That That was insane for me. Are you mad? We're Chelsea, you know? Multi-FA Cup winners, you know? Hey. European you fucking mad? Oh, that was oh. horrible. They want us in the mud, bro. Man said, bro, man said swear, this wasn't I in the script. Yeah, yeah. I was, oh. I was, I was, I was human. When I heard that, I was just like, yeah, we need to slap oh, these. Oh, buddy, fund the fire, man. Fund the fire, buddy. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you have commentated to do that? <laughs> but, crazy. but in general, in, in general, in the game, I think, um, I, I did think though that that the team is capable of doing that though. And I do always feel like that. I'll be real. Like every week, yeah, as weird as it sounds and as many losses we've seen, I do always feel like if this team turns up and, and from minute one they, they come out the way the way um they intend to, like majority of the time. I, I do think that um even against Wolves, for example, like I think we started off all right. I'm not sure I haven't watched the game yet, but from what I was reading, it started off okay. Um, I think Wolves had a couple chances, but but then Chelsea kind of managed to get back into it. But with Villa, I think we we just um, yeah we I think we just completely dominated them from from minute one and and in the first half especially. I think it was there was only one one real winner for the tie from Man, from the first half. I think Enzo Enzo pretty much showed all these men. You know, you want to put people's names like Louise and these men next to him, but technically. I'm sorry. Technically, that brother, he's a special player, but you know, he's still got obviously he's still got work to do. Caicedo though, man don't need to watch more games, yeah. Stop telling me that you watch Chelsea because you don't watch Chelsea. You don't watch Chelsea. Because as bad as as bad as things have been, yeah, I'll say this from now. He's been stitched up. Yeah, he's been stitched up a few times already, Caicedo in the midfield. But when he wants to ball out he's clearly at the level of all these other guys that people are talking about in the DM. Like, it's not even a, it's not even a convo. Like, he's he's absolutely there. But, f- uh, like, it's just a shame that we've, like, Poch has got so many things wrong at the moment with, with, with like, with the midfield and stuff like that. Because when we really do see the best of Enzo and Caicedo, it's, it's a different ball game altogether. It's long. It's long. I, like, bro, with a midfield like that, I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand how we are where we are. And, and Connor, by the way. The personnel that we have, because if you add Connor too, because 
what Connor and them, man, were doing earlier in the season when they were playing close together, the spaces were tighter. Just what we did to City, that midfield, oh, bro, we did not let them breathe. We didn't let them breathe, bro. So for you to rip it all up and say, yeah, Enzo, Connor, run up. You run up and support the striker. Leave Caicedo to handle it by himself. Oh, mate. Oh, oh. disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Now, I completely agree with what you're saying. Against Wolves, the first 10 minutes, it looked uh, a bit even, but they just took the game away from us. But then against Villa, it was a pretty different story. I think we started the game really, really well. Very positive. Enzo was getting on the ball, and he was getting behind the ball, like I say, in build-up, when Enzo is behind the ball and building play, mate, we are a different team. We are a different team. Um, yeah, Palmer was floating. Madueke was getting a little bit busy. Jinky me jinkies. Um, boy, Jackson. He, he looked like we missed him still. I'm not saying that we miss him, but he made that performance like, okay, you man miss me. He was very, very good. He gave Cash a bad day. And I know, Jay, you're going to be doing victory laps. That's my left winger. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but he, he was really good, man. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Nicholas Jackson? Because I don't know. I, I, I like him. But I think he does get a little bit of a, a bad rep from the fans. Obviously, he's our main striker. So... You know, I, I think you should have solid expectations of him in terms of goal scoring, and he is a little bit slack in front of goal. But what are your thoughts or what are your feelings on on Nicholas Jackson? You know, when you uh, ride a roller coaster and you're like, ah, oh, I, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this. And then you get on, and you're like, ah, oh, that wasn't so bad. I want to go again. That's the Nicholas Jackson experience. Uh, I think every time he does something good, um, I think he's putting more credit in the bank at, at this club. So, I mean, I, I, I think you can clearly see what we miss when he's not there. Um, I think he works the back line. I think that was, that was actually one of the first things I think we we all noticed about him. He really works the back line. Even if he's not going to score, he, he's not going to give you an easy game. Um, and he has multiple ways of doing that. He can uh, obviously stretch them with his runs uh, in behind if he can stay on side. He's really good with his feet can pick up the ball central, hold it relatively well, actually, um, can turn and drive it to the centre-backs. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you, none of that means anything if you can't put a ball in the back of the net uh, on a consistent oh, basis. Quite simply. Quite simply, bro. Listen. So, so listen. yeah, all, all that is nice, but this is like... You say you need you, more. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, I tell you what. So his his goal, um, if you watch it back, Malo Gusto puts in an almost identical cross about two minutes before the goal goes in, and what he does for that first cross is he's coming from, um, so he's sort of come from the left, 
and he he does it the typical Nicholas Jackson thing where he wants to go he wants the ball to go past all the defenders and he wants to meet it at the back post and, and tap it in. Yes. But if you what if you watch the second one, it's almost like he clocks. Okay, this is what this is the shape of Gusto's crosses. This is where it's going to go. It's going to be an outswinger, um, and it's going to go towards sort of the center of the box. So if you if you I implore you to go and watch that goal back and watch his movement throughout the whole passage of play. He hangs back. He, he drives central into the box. And then he sort of like he he he's like waiting for the ball. Um, none of the defenders even bothered to look at him. He sort of waits yeah, for the ball. Rush. The movement was um, like a rushed movement. Yeah, and he darts and he heads it in. And I, maybe listen, maybe that's just the African experience that settled him down. But... <laughs> do, do, do you know what? Yeah, you, we've got. Bro, wait, got... wait, wait! Can I just say? <laughs> <laughs> because I swear to God, that Afghan experience must have humbled him. But let's just talk about the header because it was a fantastic header, by the way. It's a great header. But Nicholas, Nicholas Jackson in the air, I, I've been bitching and moaning about it for the longest of times. It's been horrific. Like, absolutely horrific. Um, so to see him score a header was not only shocking, but I was very pleased to see it, especially the man on the header. But bro, he needs to. I need more. I need more. I need more of that because I need you to get ups. I need you to start learning how to jump. I need you to start, <laughs> bro. Because bro, time your headers. I need to. I need all of that because that was a fantastic header. Fantastic. He header. Even headers. He even headers like a winner as well. Yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> like, it was a fantastic header. But bro, I, I need more. You, you you need to give me more, man. Because yeah, he's got a lot of attributes I, as well, man. Just, he's got so much. He's got so much to his game, and again, he's not someone that I could call a scrub. He's not someone nah, I could call rubbish. He's, he's definitely not. I don't think he is at all. I think you know when you look at Jackson, yeah, and obviously, I think it's so clear that he's got so many winger traits. Like even in the game against Liverpool, the first game, yeah. Like when I when I saw that when I saw some of the stuff he done in that game. I thought to myself, oh, yeah, like we might have a striker here. But when I watched some of the stuff he'd done, I just thought the way he gets the ball and he turns so easily, the little flicks he likes to do, this is all yeah. winger stuff. This is all winger yeah. It's winger. It's, it's, it's literally what wingers do. Yeah, like he just, he, the little flicks around the corner, he's off again down the line. He gets the ball. He's like really, you know, light, light, he's light with his feet little step overs and you could tell he was feeling himself at the on the wing as well. He's doing these yeah, step yeah. overs like it was not some dead step overs as well. It was like it was nah, clean. Good quick shifty ones. He likes it man. He likes so I was it, thinking man. I was just thinking to myself like if if you could if he does want to be a goal scorer, because there's nothing wrong with especially these days being wanting to be be a wing uh, a goal scoring winger. If if he does want to be that, there is a role to play you know, like like yeah, all the, the these greats are doing at the moment, like your Salas and your Sons and all of that. They're 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 making these runs in behind and they're they're coming from out to in and they're getting into these goal scoring positions. But like obviously what Jerry said is true. Like none of <clears throat> none of that stuff's gonna matter unless you, you fix up on your shooting and you fix up on, on the on the way you're 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 meeting these crosses and things like that. But at the same time he can be so so effective even on even on a like an assist level. 
in terms yeah. of like the, the areas he gets into so dangerous I think he's the one that passes it to Noni initially isn't he to to, yeah, to yeah, say yeah, it for Gallagher so it's like and 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 they can't deal with him like his strength and the, his hold-up play because he's actually got good hold-up play if he's out there out wide and he's and he's and he's back to goal against fullbacks he's probably going to win a lot of those battles yeah do you know what I'm saying? Like Salah yeah, does. You know how strong Salah is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know how strong Salah is. Like he's so strong. So when he's facing these fullbacks, a lot of the time fullbacks they're small, they're they're a little bit more lean. They're not they're not like your VVDs and your Canates out wide. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So they're just they're just buoying them up for fun. So yeah, man. Like he, I think Jackson got got he he could have um a good time on that left side if if uh, if they if they end up getting a striker. I think. Because I think I he, he he might have a place in the squad in, on the left wing. I mean, it's also interesting how 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 Poch was using oh, that front line. Mm. Um, I definitely noticed our press was 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 really good in this game. Um, yeah. Having Gallagher and Palmer there pressing as a duo, um, and Jackson Enzo too. was Enzo yeah Jackson too. Enzo was sort of creeping as well. Um, Any time it looked like he get behind the first line, he was sort of creeping up. Um, the whole back line, in fact, the whole team was high up. Um, obviously, we had good mobility in our back line, but yeah, it was funny watching. Um, yeah, so we tried um, to get the ball forward quite quickly. That was another thing I noticed. Um, we were trying to play forward more quickly, more direct. Mm. Um, uh, one of one of the first passes of play I've seen from Poch was the central central midfielder coming short for the ball and the fullback uh, going. There was one time where actually Badiashil, um he he sees Enzo coming towards the ball and then Chilwell takes off and he's almost like ah oh, why didn't I play it? Um, so I think that's like a sign that is an instruction. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, a lot a lot of positive signs from this game um i think yeah. the, the question is can we carry it forward what did you not exactly. think about the what did you not think about the defensive actions in terms of like even going the other way i felt like all of them were trying to trying to recover like uh, enzo can i say like everybody yeah. was trying to get back do you know what i mean I, I i do think there was a collective effort um in terms of the defensive phases i think the sassy was fantastic i didn't want to give him his flowers I thought the Sassy was fantastic. Um, I think I can only stress the number of times that he put his body on the line. Badia Shill, after a couple of shaky moments in the first half, which is they, they seem to be coming very frequently. Um, I thought he composed himself in the second half really well. Um, but yeah, the, the Sassy for me was the most impressive at the centre backs. And Malo Gusto for me, he played a 10 out of 10 game. I don't yeah. think he he, he he was faultless. He was actually excellent in both phases, got the assist, but defensively locked down the fender. McGinn couldn't get a sniff. Um, and then when Diaby came on, he couldn't get a sniff. He moved to the other side. When Bailey moved to um, the left side, couldn't get a sniff. When Ramsey came on, again, couldn't get a sniff. It was just He was just excellent, man. Absolutely excellent. But um, yeah, like you said, Jerry, let's see how they can translate this going forward. I think Chelsea have got a couple of difficult pictures coming up. We've got Palace on Monday away, which obviously they we just announced they're going to have Bolisa Eze that game, I don't believe. Um, so 
Chelsea yeah, should really do something. I mean, hopefully. And then you've got the big game against Man City coming up. And then you've got the um, EFL Cup final against Liverpool on the 25th of Feb. So a lot of big games coming up through, like coming through that win against Villa. The way in the manner in which we played, you can only hope that they can carry it forward against Palace. Um, I kind of want to get you man's 11s before we sign out for the day. So what would your 11 be against Palace? Would it be the same team? Would you make any changes? Given all the injuries that they've got, um, I, I'd be expecting a win at Selhurst Park. It's difficult because the fans are always up for it against Chelsea. Um, but what, what would you man do? In terms of the lineups against Palace, um, Jerry. Uh, so I'd go with very similar to the Villa game: uh, Chilwell, Badgerfield, um, Desassi, Gusto. Um, let them play through this very good form. Uh, Caicedo, Enzo, and um, Carney, I think he's probably he probably needs some minutes. Um, he's kind of working his way back. I think this is a game where we're gonna dominate the ball. Um, so it'd be nice to see him get some um, minutes and kind of part of the reason I want to play him is uh, that link up between him, Jackson, and Kunku, um, and Madweke. I think we can we can cause him a lot of problems. So that that yeah, that'll be my team. Uh Casedo, Enzo, uh Chukomeka, uh Nkunku, um Nkunku, uh Jackson and Medweke. Alright, what about you? No, what about no you, Palmer, no Palmer, but it's it's tactical, it's tactical. Okay. What about you, Jeff? Um my mine's pretty much the same. Is is Benoit injured or is he? Because he cut my finger. I think he's okay. All right, that's calm. Yeah, so yeah, I'd go, I'd go with the exact same back line, and then I'd um, because I, I'd, I definitely don't think Levi's back yet. But then I'd go with Enzo and Caicedo again because it only makes sense to let them build on on obviously that win and stuff. Um, <clears throat> I do agree with what Jerry's saying with Gallagher. Like, I think he played excellent against Villa. By the way, I think he was really good. But um, I would want to probably see even like an Nkunku come in. I've, yeah, probably Nkunku comes in. And then I'd let Nkunku, Jackson, Noni and Palmer just try and break down that, that Palace side. And see how it goes from yeah. there. Yeah, man. As long as, get... as long as you can get a link up from Nkunku and Jackson. Yeah, just a just a quick one in terms of scoreline predictions. Three mm. one Chelsea. UJ? I go two nil because I can't see Palace scoring without their stars. Elise and Eze. Cool. FC, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we'll leave it there. Uh, thank cool. you, boys, for joining me. Really appreciate it. Really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, we'll be back again next week. Hopefully, with a win against Palace and a build up for the big game. Oh, God, against Man City. <laughs> 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 he had. Jesus Christ. Uh, God help us. Anyway, it's been Chesley Hour. I've been cool. Meads. 
Take it easy. Peace. Later. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.